This morning's reading is taken from Philippians 1, verses 1 to 11. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseas, overseers and deacons. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have had you in my heart, and whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may be abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Christ Jesus to the glory and praise of God. Amen. Thank you, uh, Katie, for reading God's word to us this morning and for Amanda uh, uh, leading us in prayers. I just want to pray over this word now. Let's pray together. Loving God, we pray for your word. May it speak into hearts and minds this morning. As we gather together, may we have a, an openness to your spirit as we seek to follow Jesus in this day and in the coming days. In his name, amen. Amen. Well, um, I, if this goes on, I think it will. Uh, I've actually been here, yesterday was not my first day actually at the church. Some of you may know that, some of you may not know that. Uh, I began on the 1st of August and I had a gentle introduction uh, uh, for four weeks, four Sundays here. And Hannah and I, we sat over this side one Sunday, actually two Sundays. We sat over my left, your right one Sunday, and we're now sitting in the middle. We don't quite know where to go. So um, maybe you need to vote, I don't know, um, or vote against us where we sit. Uh, but um, it's been a really good thing to be a part of the church over the last few weeks, to be able to just receive, actually, and to get to know you a little bit. And we're looking forward to getting to know all of you over the next few months and years ahead. But each Sunday, we were really blessed by everybody who spoke. Becky spoke the first Sunday, and it was incredible. And Hannah and I went away buzzing, and then it, that was true when Zoe spoke as well. And uh, we weren't there for Amanda, but just heard it online. And again, an amazing job, just like Zoe. And then Chris last week. And um, every, every talk, every sermon, there was so much to reflect upon and think about. And um, each of them resonated with us. But as I was talking to Glynis about what on earth does the church need to hear and say in my first few weeks? I mean, there's so much that could be said. Uh, there's so much that could be unsaid. But the theme of togetherness really spoke to me, not only over those Sundays that we were here in August, but actually since I'd been accepted 
uh, and responded to your invitation to be your minister. This theme of togetherness really, really struck, struck a chord in me. And so I want to share with you a mini-series over the next four weeks uh, with that theme, Togetherness in Christ. And um, you'll see on the screen some of the themes that we're going to go through. Today is about together giving thanks. And then next week, together reflecting Christ. And then after that, together living confidently. And then our final one, together standing firm. All from the book of Philippians. Eugene Peterson, in the introduction to uh, his uh, take on Philippians in the message, says this. It's Paul's happiest Happiest letter. letter. And Becky spoke on what it means to be happy. Paul doesn't talk about being happy. He just is happy. Some people find that annoyingly happy. But he's happy. He's happy in spite of his circumstances, which are pretty horrific. To be in prison, having been dragged through the streets of Philippi, uh, he faced huge opposition, persecution. And yet, deep within there was a joy, a happiness. And Eugene Peterson says, as he reads and writes about Philippians, before we've read a dozen lines in this letter, we begin to feel the joy ourselves, the dance of words and the exclamation marks of delight have a way of getting inside us. Are you full of joy? Is there a sense of delight and gladness? Not because of necessarily simply being here, but because of all that Christ means to you. Whether you have your hand, your life, in the pit, in the baked beans, or whether it's the cuddly teddy bear and it's all good and light and fluffy, is there this inner joy that only Christ can bring? That's what Philippians invites us into. And I want to talk about that sense of joy and wonder and awe and praise that can come about because of who Christ is. It begins with us all being together, giving thanks. So the theme this morning, giving thanks, I want to simply make four points, actually. The first is to be thankful for people. To be thankful for people. In verse 3, I thank my God every time I remember you. In the first three verses of Philippians, Paul says that he's not alone, he is with Timothy. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ, Christ Jesus. Jesus, to all God's people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul surrounds himself with people. He is not a lone ranger. He doesn't do ministry alone. Yes, he is the sole author, the one who writes this letter, but he includes Timothy, his co-worker. He is an associate in ministry. Paul is basically part of a team. Timothy was well known to the people in Philippi. He was there at the beginning of the church. He visited Philippi in Acts 16 and was soon to be sent there again. And we read that a little bit later on in Philippians 2. Yesterday was an incredible day for for me personally. 
But ever since I started on the 1st of August, I had a real sense that whilst yesterday marked a significant moment in the chapter of the church and for me, actually, you've got so much more than me. (laughs) I talked a little bit yesterday about my imperfections. Uh, You've got so much more than me. Martin, Martin Knott, he begins uh, uh, to work here full-time in youth ministry. Not part-time, but full-time. And then Jackie continues in that part-time role with children. But Emma has been called into that role as well to be a co-worker and to form team in the children's ministry. Even Amanda too, I've been chatting with Amanda, it's been wonderful, such a blessing. Uh, Even as a pastoral worker, having worked hard during COVID and the pandemic, there is something of a new phase now that we are sort of coming out of that phase. And so her own role will take on a different flavour. So what you have, although I was inducted personally yesterday, alongside Hannah, there is a sense where SBC is getting a whole new team. And that excites me so much more than just me. A team is gathering. A team is forming. And I'm thankful for the team around us. Also, to be thankful for all of God's people. It's not just Paul and Timothy, but Paul is thankful for all God's people. That is you all here. Philippi was the first church plant in Europe. That may mean nothing to you. It excites me because I have a real heart for Europe the first church plant in Europe. It was located on the Ignatian Way, which is nine miles from the city of Neapolis. And Philippi was a place of strategic importance where commerce and culture and religions from east and west collided. As the church was planted there, so that was a strategic place for God's mission to be born. And the city is famed as a place, this sounds glorious, it sounds like the place you want to go to on holiday. It's a place full of springs of water. Chris spoke about life-giving water. The church was planted in a city of springs of water to bring about life-giving water and the freshness of God to all. And all God's people were invited into that shared mission, that shared agenda, alongside Paul. Paul gives thanks for the many women who were leaders in the church in Philippi. Paul gives thanks for all God's people, that their lives may be evident of the resurrection truth of Christ. So that the people of different culture, of commerce, of different languages, would see the language of of love known in Christ. So Paul gives thanks for all God's people. When I started here, I gave thanks for the youth. They all sit over there. And in my second week, it was a bit of a baptism of fire. Um, You know, ministers, when they start roles in the church, um, if you want to ask a minister to do anything, ask them in their first month. Because they just go, yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Just to try and make a good impression. Well, I kind of naively said, yes, I'll speak at Oasis. Didn't have a clue what I was letting myself in for. There is a a picture of me going around the church dressed up as a chicken, for example, and other things. But I have to say, to get to know the youth, the young people in my first week or two of ministry here was incredible. They spoke to me 
something of God's love. They spoke to me something of an openness to God as they were receiving uh, from God during Oasis. It was incredible. That's why the picture's here with, with Martin and Thomas's getting water poured over his head and Scarlett's pouring that water. The young people in this church are amazing. <laughs> they are not the future of the church. They are the church. I thank God for you. And I thank God for all generations, all backgrounds, all people. We are to be a people grateful for one another. And then Paul goes on to say, I am thankful for the overseers and deacons. Uh, someone said to me yesterday, you know, it's a real high, the induction service. And then your first service will be a real high, but then we go to a real low because we've got a deacons meeting um, tomorrow. But that's not, you know, there, there, was, there was jokes and it's fun and it's true in one sense, but not another. There is, of course, serious business about being a leader in church and business is important. But leadership and oversight, Paul gives thanks for. We need to be praying, not, not just for me, but for the leaders and the overseers of this church who bring spiritual direction through spiritual discernment. I'm going to become really boring in this church because I'm going to ask the same question again and again and again. And it's this question. Are we attentive to God? There's a load of stuff that goes on in church life. But that question, are we attentive to God, is the central question that I'll keep asking again and again and again. Of all God's people, of the team of which I'm a part, and the overseers and deacons in the church. And when we begin to unpack that question, my goodness, somehow the, the culture, the community of church life just transforms because we are centering ourselves on things that are really, really important. So I give thanks for all of you. I thank my God every time I remember you. I'm thankful for meeting you, and I'm looking forward to meeting more of you. And uh, this week, if I can, yeah, put it on. Uh, on Wednesday, a few of us were gathering together in prayer in the prayer room and uh, going through the prayer diary. And Psalm 16 says this, How excellent are the Lord's faithful people. <laughs> Another translation says, These God-chosen lives all around, what splendid friends they make. <laughs> Friendship, ministry, the things of God. It's good to begin from a place of thanks. The second point is um, to be thankful in prayer, in our prayer life. In all of my prayers, for all of you, I always pray with joy. I have to confess, my posture, my sort of the way in which my body sort of is in prayer, is often quite sort of over, shoulders over, bowing down, and, that, and that's quite, quite reverent, you know, holy. <laughs> I don't often pray looking up with eyes open, smiling. 
But the image of joy that I have is that kind of posture of prayer. Thinking of others before God with a smile. When we have an attitude of prayer, which is an attitude of thanks, some of our divisions just disappear. Some of our annoyances just fade away. Some of the ways in which we think about others, they kind of just dissolve the negative thoughts anyway. And when we pray for others, for those that we love and like, and also those that perhaps we find a little bit difficult and different, somehow there is a sense when gratitude is at the heart of prayer that God, God's Spirit comes crashing in in a way that we can pray with authority and with the very character of Christ. Often we launch straight into our prayer life with petitions or with confession. But Paul is right to say, pray with thanks, pray with joy. I love the idea of the prayer box. Let's use it with a gratitude for one another in glory to God. I, uh, I noticed over the last month that the, the prayer banner was here, and my first moment of change, and that's a dangerous thing starting straight away, and I was very tentative, but Helen was very gracious in responding to an email. I said, can we move the prayer banner here, back to where it was, so there's no change really anyway. Um, and, uh, and, and Mark and Claire will be around here afterwards to pray with you, to pray for you, to give thanks for your life, to pray with joy, even if your hand feels like it's in the baked beans, to really overwhelm you with a sense of God's presence. No pressure, Mark and Helen, sorry. But that sense where we pray for one another with joy and with an openness, with an expectation to meet with God, because prayer is about being attentive to God. I love the 24-7 Lectio 365 thing. You know, every morning, <laughs> center my scattered senses. I don't know whether it's baked beans. For me, sometimes life's more like spaghetti. It's just sometimes like madness and all over the place. <coughs> Center our scattered senses. In a fast-paced culture of competitiveness, gratitude has a hard time surviving. But when we stop and pause, and I love Amanda's prayer earlier, to find rest, we begin to calm ourselves in God's presence, do away with the rush and the competitiveness, and find ourselves giving thanks to God in Christ, which leads us to love people as Christ would love. Gratitude is good for our well-being. It can help us reframe difficult times. The world is challenging and difficult and overwhelming, let alone our own lives. But when we turn to God in gratitude and thanks in prayer, somehow there's a reframing of all that is going on.
So I invite you to pray after the service or to pray with people near you as we think about that. And thirdly, thankful for partners in the gospel, verses 5 and 6. Paul is thankful that he is not doing this Christian life alone, this Christian ministry and mission thing alone, but he calls others partners. I love that phrase. Yes, Paul and Timothy are set apart to do good works. Overseers and deacons are set apart to bring spiritual discernment. All God's people, together with the leaders, are as partners. And the word partnership, koinonia, is more than just simply sort of fellowship. It's a covenant relationship. It's a commitment to do life together. I'm called to this church not only to lead in ministry, but to journey alongside you in Christian discipleship. I am a follower too. I've got more to learn more to understand the depths and the riches and the breadth of God's love to enjoy alongside you as friends, as partners in the gospel. I don't stand here lording anything over you, but I am with you. It's part of the reason I sat in the middle. One with you, partners in the gospel. Again, at Oasis Camp, one of the highlights for me um, was uh, before uh, one of the activities, uh, the song We're All In This Together by, in, from High School Musical came on. And uh, I nearly broke out and danced, but no one would want to see that. And uh, I love High School Musical. Uh, I'm going to confess a lot before you as your minister. I love High School Musical. We're all in this together. But what is this? What is this? Church is more than a Zumba class where people gather together to get a little bit fit. It's more than table tennis, though I love that and I think that happens on Tuesdays and I might just join it. It's more than all these things. I was driving home the other day from church and uh, went past the Maypole and saw at Starbucks and the the lorry uh, delivering wonderful coffees had on the side of it as a slogan, Starbucks bringing people together. And I went, yeah, it does actually. Kind of, it could really, church could learn a thing or two. (laughs) Kairos brings people together. Much better than Starbucks, by the way, Claire. But it's the gospel. That's the reason that we are here. It's the reason we get out of bed in the morning, particularly on a Sunday. It's the gospel truth. It's who Jesus is by his death and his resurrection, the life he lived lived, and the hope that he gives. It is in Christ alone, this gospel central truth, that we gather together as God's people. I can say this. I love you. And I'll go on loving you, and I want to love you more. But I love the gospel, and that's what's brought me here. And I, my vision is that we would be partners in the gospel. Partners in sharing the love of Christ. I participate in worship because I'm a partner of the gospel. I study the scriptures and pray because I'm a partner in the gospel. I visit Kairos 
and I go to the youth for Oasis because I'm a partner in the gospel. Crossroads, caring for Ukrainian families and all that goes on in this place is because we are partners in the gospel. It's the reason we do what we do. And God who began a good work in you and me will carry it on to completion. So let's pray pray with joy because of our partnership in the gospel. Pray for one another in the ministries that we're involved in as we share the life of Christ. And lastly, I'm thankful for the potential that is here in this church. Paul concludes the opening section of the letter by talking about the future day of Christ. And he mentions that phrase at the beginning beginning and at the end of the, the opening chapter. The day of Christ, the coming day when Jesus will return and the world will be put right. Oh, I hope for that day, crashing into the present. But until that day comes, we have work to do. We have a life to live. We have a gospel to proclaim. He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ so that you may be able to discern, verse 10, what is best and pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Not yesterday, because my son took my season ticket at Aston Villa yesterday. I was otherwise engaged here. But two weeks ago, I was at at Villa Park. Sorry uh, for saying that, although Levi will be very happy. Um, And I was sitting next to a friend and his son, and his son's 21 and he's just finished university, he's going to go on and do a Masters, and at half-time, we could have said it during the match, it was so dull, uh, but at half-time, I said, um, uh, how are you doing? He looked so depressed. I mean, it wasn't just because of the villa, you know. And, uh, and, he go, and I said, are you, are you right? He goes, I'm just I'm so, the world's just doing me in. I went, have you got no hope? And he said, I just don't know what's going on in the world. I don't feel I've got a future. I'm doing a master's at university, but I just don't, I'm just worried, I'm stressed out. And uh, young people really have a fear for the future, actually. We have a work to do before the day of Christ. And before that day comes... We are called to live in gratitude as partners in the gospel to share to a world in need that Jesus is the hope for all. The potential that is in this church is huge among us. I don't know where God's going to lead us, but I can't wait. So let's grow in love. Let's discern the best. Let's Let's be pure and blameless before the day of Christ. And who knows? More and more people may come in as more and more people go out to share the good news of Jesus Christ. We together give thanks to God. And part of that giving thanks is investing in one another as we partner together in the gospel. Let's be thankful, thankful for, for people, people. thankful for, in our prayer life, thankful for our partnership, 
and thankful for the potential that is here. And I'm so sorry for that alliteration. <laughs> Amen. <laughs>